Okay, so I want to share a thought from the uh, Fabrenian that Rebbe gave in Toshimam Hay, 1985, which has the same view, so the same setup as this year, where we have uh, Parshas Mishpatim, and it's Shabbos Mavarchim, plus is the month of Adar, and, uh, and Parshas Shkolim. And the... Um, there's a lot, there's a very long Febrengen, many different points. I'm just going to share a few thoughts on this Febrengen. And also these few points, just very short, very brief, uh, from from the very long uh, Febrengen that we gave them. Um, first of all, let's, first of all, this week is, you can hear me, okay, good. First of all, uh, this week is Atzakwa Pasha Shkalim. It says that when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the Jewish people that they should give a half a coin to be atonement for the sin of the golden calf, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu wondered about this, didn't know what this meant. He asked Hashem, what does this mean? And in response, Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu a coin of fire. He took a coin of fire from under the throne of glory of Hashem. And Hashem told Moshe, this is what they should give. That's the, that's the, uh, the that's what the Talmud says. So in this passage, there's, there are a lot of questions. First of all, what was Moshe's question? And what, what, what is Hashem's response? What didn't Moshe know? And what did Hashem respond? So, Teisvah says that Moshe had a question. His question was, how is it possible that a coin should be a, an atonement? How is it possible the Jewish people are going to give one coin, a half a coin, and that coin is somehow going to be an atonement for the sin of the golden calf? That was, that was his question. And the problem, that, that's, that's how Teisvah explains it. The problem with that explanation is, if that's what Moshe was wondering about, how did Hashem solve Moshe Rabbeinu's question by showing him, showing him a coin of fire? How does Moshe sing a coin of fire? How did that answer Moshe's issue with the coin being an atonement? And also, what was really bothering Moshe? We find in the Torah, in many places, how a mitzvah has, a, has, a, has a, an impact, both physically and spiritually. You'll know in the Torah it says, If you keep my mitzvahs, Hashem says, I'll give you rain in its season. And it says, It says your sins could be atoned with staka. And not only does it say your sins could be atoned with staka, but it says in the message specifically about staka, that Hashem says that when you give life to someone who is, uh, who is needy, so Hashem says, when your son, God forbid, is in the same state, he's, he needs a refuah shlema, he needs, to, he, needs, he needs to get better. So Hashem says, when nefesh, tachas nefesh, Hashem says, nefesh because you gave life to the poor person, Hashem says, I will pay you back and I'll give a soul instead of a soul. I, so we see clearly that Hashem says that by giving tztaka, he considers it like you're giving life to someone, and therefore, just like it has an effect on, on health, that a person that that you're that God forbid that if when a person has a situation where he needs a bracha that his own child should have should get better, 
certainly could also have an effect on his own soul, that his own soul could achieve, could achieve atonement. Or his own soul could, 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 be, could be rectified, could be fixed by giving it stuck. So why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu was wondering about the half coin being an atonement? And what's Hashem's response? Some say that Moshe Rabbeinu's question was, what is the exact measurement of the coin? So then you could say Hashem showed him what the measurement was. But according to Tesis, the Moshe Rabbeinu's question wasn't, what is the coin? But his question was, Moshe's question was, how could it be that a physical thing you're giving, how could that possibly serve as an atonement? A person will give everything to, to, give, to rectify his neshama, if, if, but it's only physical. So his question was, how could it be an atonement? And if that's his question, how does Hashem answer his question by showing the coin of fire? So the answer is like this. Among all the things in this world, there are four categories. There is human, animal, vegetation, and the inanimate, the doimim. In the inanimate itself, it says that money is considered lower than other things. And the taiva, the desire for money, is considered something which is a lower kind of desire than the desire of other things. And it brings a person to places, to lo- brings them down more than other things can. As the famous chassid of Endel Futafas used to say, I knew a lot of great people, and with a, we can't grace a mention, with a bissel geld and the grace a mention, claim. I knew a lot of big people, but with a little bit of money, these big people suddenly were transformed, they became very small. That's why, physically, uh, where do you find money? You find money, you find gold in the depth of the earth. The reason why you find gold in the depth of the earth is because money is connected to a clip, uh, money is connected to something that can bring us, bring us down. Like the Torah says about the sin of the golden calf, that why is it that the Jewish people participated in the sin of the golden calf? It says in the Torah that Kesev is of a baseline made. Hashem says, I gave them lots of silver and gold. Because I gave them lots of silver and gold. So that's what led them to have this sense of arrogance, which eventually led them to do the sin of the golden calf. It was because of the money, because of the silver and gold that they had, that led them to make this mistake. So clearly, money is something that could bring a person down. And that's why Meish Rabbeinu was wondering... What does this have to do with, 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 with the neshama and being rectified and, and doing tshuva and being elevated? This is not just the, the lowest of the four categories. Not only is it, is, is it the adoyim, is it the inanimate, but in the inanimate itself, it's something which could really bring a person down and how is it suddenly going to be an atonement? I just joined. Are we talking about the corn of fire? Yes. We're going to get back to the Maimon Tisham tomorrow. So... So to answer Moshe Rabbeinu's question, Hashem showed Moshe a coin of fire. How does showing Moshe a coin of fire from the Hashem's throne of glory answer his question? The answer is like, the fact that every physical thing has a spiritual source, for that you don't need Hashem to pull the coin out of his, out of his uh, 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 throne of glory. We know that every physical thing has a spiritual source. But Vara Hashem Shemayim Nasu. With the word of Hashem, the heavens were created. And we, before we have anything to eat or drink, we say, 
Everything is created by God's words. So it's obvious that everything in this world has a divine source. That's not what Hashem was showing Moshe Rabbeinu with the coin of fire. The point of the coin of fire was the opposite. Hashem is a kol yachel. Hashem could do anything. And Hashem is able to fuse together things which are the opposite of each other. Things which have no connection to each other whatsoever. So Hashem was showing, not just showing Moshe Rabbeinu, but Hashem was connecting and Hashem was saying that when a Jew gives a physical coin in this world, or as Rabbi Zev Kessler says, a coin, when a Jew gives a coin in this world, Hashem, what is in that coin, in that coin is, the, is, is, is not just physical, in that coin is spiritual. Not just its source is spiritual. Everything in the world is source is spiritual. But Hashem showed Moshe Rabbein, a coin of fire from his throne of glory. What that means is, that Hashem revealed, when Hashem brought this holy, this holiness from His throne of glory, and He put this in the coin of fire that a Yid gives. So that when a Jew gives staka, when a Jew gave, gave the coin of fire, when a Jew gave a half a coin, he didn't only give a physical coin, but what was inside the coin, inside the coin was inside the coin was fire. It's not that it has a spiritual source. It's that the coin itself is spiritual. The coin itself is ruchni. Hashem connected to the gift of the Jewish people, the half coin, the half shekel. Hashem revealed in that half coin, Hashem brought in that half coin that should be a coin of fire. And that's why it's a kapara. Because it's not just a physical thing. This also brings us to a, a, another amazing, amazing idea. When a Jew gave a coin, what was he supposed to give? Before, before I get there. The Rebbe said the same is also regarding tzedakah nowadays. And now that before the B'Yasa Mashiach, we don't have the midst of the half coin. But also when a Jew gives tzedakah, he has to know he's not just giving a physical thing. In the physical object that he's giving, it's, there's, there's ruch, it's Hashem puts into that physical thing the Jew gives. Hashem is putting their ruchnis. Hashem is putting their kedusha. He's giving a coin of fire. It's not just physical. This leads us to a second point. You only gave a half coin. You didn't give a full coin. That means half of the coin you gave and half of the coin you kept. So if you're giving half a coin to Tzedakah and that half a coin you're giving away is, is considered fire and you have the other half of the coin, that means the half that you have is also the same as the part that you gave away. Just like what you gave away is is not just physical, but it's ruchni, it's spiritual, it's holy. So to the half a coin that you're keeping, what are you keeping? Not just keeping a physical thing, you're keeping something spiritual as well. As Alter Rebbe writes in chapter 34, Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says that the choymesh, the fifth you give to tzedakah, it's ma'ile ta'arba yoz That when you give away part of your money to tzedakah, it elevates all of the other money that you have by yourself as well. That just like when you gave away to tzedakah, that's spiritual, so it has, a, it, has a, it has a reverse effect, so what you give away also causes what you keep, you're keeping to become spiritual. It also causes the, the kedusha, the holiness, the spirituality that you are giving away, the, the half coin you're giving away also changes the status of the half that you're keeping. Or in this case, the arba yodes, the 80% that you're keeping in it, the fifth you're giving away to Tzedakah, the altar says that that fifth elevated everything else, just like in the, in, in, in the Beis Amigdash, 
when the Jewish people brought a, a one sacrifice. That's in Tanya, the one animal they brought as a sacrifice is elevated all the animals in the world. So too, the coin you're giving away elevates also the, 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 all the financials and all the physical things you have in, that you have. Like the Alzheimer's says also about the, the time you spend learning Torah, that that's not, it's not just that time, but it elevates the rest of the day as well. So when you're giving half a coin to Tzedakah, when you're giving half, <coughs> we're giving money to Tzedakah, it elevates also the part you keep, and it also becomes the second half of the coin of fire. That's the first point that I've explained about the coin of fire and, and the, the Parsha Shkalim. Then there was spoke about the idea of Parshish Mishpatim. There are three kinds of mitzvahs, mitzvahs which we understand, and as Gemara says, that that even if the Torah wouldn't have been given we would have learned the laws of honesty from an ant something which is logical something which we can understand by ourselves something which we don't need a, a Torah to tell us for us to do this is something that we so to speak would figure out ourselves those are laws of Mishpatim then there's the laws which are of Edus which once the Torah tells us these mitzvahs we could explain them the mitzvah of Shabbos it's not something we do naturally, but once the Torah told us to do this, we, would, we now understand what the point of it is. It's to, to, it's to testify Hashem created the world in six days and rest in the seventh. And then there is mechukim mitzvahs, which are totally beyond their logic and reason. Now, although it seems that these three mitzvahs are in three different categories, and each of them are, in diff- are not connected to the other, but look at this parsha. This parsha is called Parsha's Mishpatim, the laws which make sense, laws which we understand. And yet, in this parsha, we have the mitzvah, don't cook a meat and milk. Meat and milk is clearly something which is super rational, something which is beyond logic and reason, as Rashi says elsewhere. And yet, it's part of Parsha Mishpat. Why is it part of Parsha Mishpat? Seemingly, this is, a, this is something which is logical. And the answer is that when we say that the mitzvahs are, are divided in three categories, they're not really exclusively divided. That means there's a component of every mitzvah which is chukim. There's a component of every, every mitzvah which is called mishpatim. Just like every mitzvah is the will of Hashem, which is beyond logic and reason, just Hashem wanted. Every mitzvah, the essence of the mitzvah is the desire of Hashem. So to every mitzvah has a mishpatim element to it. What's the mishpatim element to every mitzvah? Mishpatim element to every mitzvah is, you don't know why God told, us to, told you to do this. You don't know why Hashem said don't eat meat and milk together. But you do know, you have, to, you have to know, that that you're not, when you're abstaining from eating, eating meat and milk, you're doing something gewaldic. You're doing something amazing. You're doing something which, which, which is unfathomable. You don't know what the content of why Hashem told you, but once Hashem told you, you have to know that there's something amazing in this. It's not just something that is just Hashem said so and there's nothing, there's nothing so content in, in it. But once Hashem gave us a mitzvah, the, the, the idea of the mishpat in every mitzvah is to know that there is something amazing in each mitzvah. To, to, to know that there is something that's accomplished by the mitzvah. So even those mitzvahs, which are, which are super rational, the mitzvah paraduma, you may not know why Hashem gave us this mitzvah, you can't understand it. But you should know there's something amazing. And there we gave a parable to explain this. Every said, for example, you have a chacham gadol, you have a very wise person. He, and his world, the world of the wise person, a ish pasha, a simple person, does not exist. Because in his world, all that exists is, is logic and ideas and teisvis and, and marshas and rogachavis. So what's he going to do with this simple person has no, has no, has no, doesn't, that's not that he's arrogant. He doesn't exist in his world. But then if when this, when this chacham uh, galon, when this great wise man needs a favor, he needs, let's say, a cup of tea, and this simple guy brings him a cup of tea, so all of a sudden, this simple person now starts to exist in his world. Now he starts to become someone in his world. Why? 
because because he now benefited. He's a connection now. He got something from the simple person. In a similar way, Rebbe said, compared to Bayre, compared to the creator of the world, the Nivra, the created being, is is is, is not pshat that it's it as as little value. It doesn't exist. It's it's not, it's it's, it's kuluk meklachshiv. Everything before Hashem is like nothing. But when Hashem gives us a mitzvah, what does a mitzvah do? A mitzvah for, may creates now all of a sudden this amazing thing that a Jew can do something for Hashem. Like it says in Hayom Yom, that a Jew should always be encouraged, Jew should always be inspired thinking that I am a kot shebektanim, I'm the smallest of the small. And I can cause an achas ruach, I can cause pleasure for God shebektanim, for the greatest of the great. That's, that's what, what we, we have with the mitzvah. We have the mitzvah something incredible. In every mitzvah. So while we don't know why Hashem said it, it's not like the mitzvahs of don't steal, where our logic tells us this is bad, this isn't good. For the mitzvahs we don't understand, even in those mitzvahs, we still have to realize there's something incredible that's accomplished by those mitzvahs. That's the mishpat element in all mitzvahs. Then there we spoke about the third element of the Shabbos, the blessing the month of Adar. I know, Zev, you prefer the month of Av, the month of Adar, but... Uh, Month of Adar is amazing. The month of Adar says in Gemara, if someone wants to be successful, he should plant, he should put into his property, he should have Adar. He should put something called Adar, some kind of kind of herb, I think, and then his property will be successful. Put some Adar into it and boom, you will make it in life. Why we make it in life? You put a little Adar into it. Because Adar comes from the words, Adir B'amorim Hashem. How Hashem is strong, and beyond anything else. Adib Amarim Hashem, Hashem's strength is transcendent and beyond the strength of anything in this world. So if you want to be successful in life, Yita Bayadar. So the Rebbe said, not only the beginning of the month of Adar, but even from Shabbos of Varachim Adar, from the Ori before Adar starts, we already have a connection to this special success that Hashem gives us of Adib Amarim Hashem. And so this Shabbos, we have three, all three components together. First of all, it's Parshish Mishpatim. Second of all, it's Shabbos of Archim And it's Parshish Kalim. That means that we're given this Shabbos these three components in a synergistic way. You could have a Shabbos, which is Parshish Mishpatim, not Archim not Parshish And this Shabbos, we have all three together. So what does, that, what does that tell us? That this Shabbos, Hashem gives us an incredible power for the rest of the year. That first of all, we learned from the Matbeya Shalesh, from the coin of fire, that Hashem showed Meishrabin, that in our mitzvahs, there's something, Hashem gives us tremendous strength, empowers us, this Shabbos, by putting all these three components together. By thinking about how when you're doing a mitzvah, not just a physical thing, but there's a coin of fire, there's something spiritual in what you're doing. And number two, by realizing that when you're doing something, a mitzvah, you are creating a connection to Hashem as we learned from the idea of Mishpatim, that something gewaldic, something amazing, something you could understand, something you could appreciate in what you're doing by doing a mitzvah, you're creating a connection to Hashem. And number three, that the idea of Adar, the idea of Adar Maram Hashem, the tremendous strength Hashem gives us this Shabbos, allows us to, to receive a koyach, to receive, to be empowered, that our service of Hashem, our term mitzvah, should be with a gewaldike shtarka, should be with a tremendous strength, because it's Shabbos of Archimadr, and because of Pasha Shkolem, and because of Pasha Mishpatim, all these three components together give us for the entire year that our approach to a mitzvah, our approach to learning Torah, should be with great power. So should I make fun of somebody here? Can we make fun? But let's say you're lying in your bed, and you're wondering if, you're, if, you're, if you still have to quarantine, 
and you're and you're uh, you're gravitating to you have to still quarantine because you're a little tired. This Shabbos is mastaric. This Shabbos gives us tremendous koyach to go beyond our limits, and not just for the Shabbos, but it says this is a source of power for the whole year. That our whole approach to what we need to do is to be with power, chayes, as they say in Farsi, shira yaruba. Are you a lion or are you a fox? Are you eh, or are you a lion? The Shabbos is supposed to answer. What are you supposed to answer is that shir. Pretty sure it's a gorg. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, Shiri Aruba, uh, lion, fox. One second, one second, you're right. Wolf, wolf. Are you a lion or are you uh, a is wolf? It, is, a, is, is a gorg. A, is it, a, isn't a wolf gorg? Wolf is gorg, Ruba is a um, fox. Well, I know that because it's Zab. Ah, ah, ah. This Shabbos is eating of, of, of the, the strength, Pasha Shkolum, Pasha Mishpatim. And uh, other altogether, it's quite for the whole year. It should be not just we should we should realize the Abish is with us what we're doing, and we could make we could, it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. One uh, one other thing uh, I remember from that sicha is that up until that point, if Hashem pulling the coin out of from under the case of COVID, it was not possible. Oh, it was it was at that moment that Hashem actually made. The ability to fuse the physicality of a coin to uh, the, spirit, the highest of highest spiritual heights. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly the point. It, everything has a spiritual source. What Hashem accomplished by by by, by bringing the coin out of the, out of the throne of glory is that He put into our physical giving. He 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 fused it too, so that in our physical giving there is spiritual. Not just its source is spiritual, but it's in the physical coin itself. Exactly, exactly. All right, Zev, where are you going next? Are you here for Shabbos? Yeah, yeah, I'm here for Shabbos. But, but, but you, maybe... I love come. what you did to Beis Patel there. <laughs> <laughs> it wrote.